Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. I'm a huge fan of leaning into your intuition, listening to what your mind and body needs, looking at the logical needle movers and prioritizing from there. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. It feels like this is always the time of the year where I simultaneously feel this urge to plan and review what's been working and to dig into that deep data while also yearning to take this deep breath, like to pause, to unplug from the noise of social media and to just cozy up with my little fam on the couch under soft blankets with some hot cocoa and all the frozen movies with the addicting tunes. And here's the deal. I truly believe that there's a space and a time for both. We're living in this season of duality. There's this annual end-of-year hustle and bustle that takes over these last few weeks of any year, and it's this combo of incoming holidays and for many, time away from work or that frantic feeling that you didn't get all of your goals accomplished in time, and while we all dream of time away, that usually means that it's time to push certain things into overdrive to be sure that you can actually rest and reset and decompress without thinking about work the whole time. It's this feeling of wanting to speed up and slow down all at the same time, and that can feel overwhelming for entrepreneurs. It's a delicate dance and one that I'm still working on mastering, and I believe I'll be working on mastering for the rest of my life, but if 2020 has taught me anything, it's that I can be stretched outside of my comfort zone and still show up and do the work while prioritizing myself and my family and while moving the most important things forward. The catch? I have to have a solid game plan set up for myself. 
When I head into a workday or week frazzled without clear direction and I don't have any clue what the priorities are or what should be tackled first, that is always, always, always when my concentration suffers, my productivity plummets, and my workload seems larger than life and more abstraction than it usually actually is. It's like that feeling of looking at the to-do list and letting it claim victory over you before you've even attempted to cross a single thing off. Anyone else? So today, as we wrap up this wacky year and head into a fresh new one, I want to revisit the topic of prioritizing what matters and managing your time in a way that produces results and protects your peace because both are equally important to me and it's taken a year of intense challenge and change to really drive that home for me. Let me share the five things that help me build efficient days that let me maximize my work time and feel confident to close my laptop when the workday is done. These are my tried and true time management practices that I always return to when I feel frantic or frazzled, and they're the real deal for getting stuff done and feeling accomplished on any given day. The truth is your life probably looks a lot different than you imagined. You're probably being stretched so thin and in a million different directions, and I want to get give you five foundational tips, tools, and strategies to help you feel focused even if it's just for a fragment of time. Take what you need, leave what you don't, and know that you have the power and the choice to make every day wonderful in your own way, the way that only you can. Let's dive on in. The secret behind my website design is Tonic. They've created a collection of customizable websites that are super stunning and wicked easy to update. Save 20% on your Tonic site at tonicsiteshop.com with the code GOLDDIGGER. That's T-O-N-I-C-S-I-T-E-S-H-O-P.com and the code GOLDDIGGER. If you're still mailing contracts via snail mail and tracking payments with a pen and paper and managing your business with anything other than a seamless project management system, it is time for HoneyBook. Start your free trial plus get 50% off your annual subscription at jennacutcher.com slash HoneyBook. First up, let's get laser focused on what is driving results. I love to think of these as the needle mover tasks. The thing is that I notice that people are spending more time on things that aren't really leading to true results instead of hyper-focusing on what is actually driving their results. We want to pour gasoline on the fire of the things that are already working, and so if you're not even sure what those things are, it might be wise to set aside a few hours to dig into the data and let that guide your approach. Information, it's power. And when we can see where the results are coming from, it allows you to prioritize and maximize those results with your efforts, your energy, your expertise, and your time. Like I mentioned earlier, this is the perfect time to dig through the data. I know, I know, I'm totally one of those people that is a numbers nerd, but at the end of the year, you have the opportunity to dig through the past 12 months of website analytics, social media numbers, sales, clicks, followers, subscriber growth, and beyond. Even with how crazy this year has been, the numbers are going to tell you a story if you're willing to listen. So questions you want to ask yourself when looking at the data. What method of marketing is working best? Do more of that. What product or offer is selling the most? Do more of that. What platforms are driving the biggest results? Focus more on mastering them. What offers are the most profitable? Figure out how to sell more of that. The thing is, you don't need to be an analyst or a mathematician here. It's really just reviewing, finding the biggest movers, and concentrating more of your time and energy on those because the numbers show that they already work. 
even if you just put those tasks, offers, and marketing platforms at the top of your to-do list each day or week, you'll likely see bigger results moving forward. Oh, and don't worry if you're listening to this in April or August and you're like, what the heck, Jenna? It's not the end of the year. That doesn't mean that you can't dig into what's already working. We do a weekly scorecard in my business to always have this bird's eye view of every effort, platform, and offer. My team and I, we track our numbers every week so that we can see any trends and growth or downswings that may indicate that we might need to adjust something. And then we do a quarterly data pull to help us recenter, to look for trends, to focus our efforts on what's already working. Even just looking at the numbers from the past 30 days can be enormously effective and telling for what is working well most recently. While understanding your numbers won't immediately translate into building your most productive day, it will show you what you should be concentrating more of your time. And if you have a team, your team's time as well. And it'll help show you what may not be working or worth the effort. For example, if you see that your audience responds way better to buying from you straight from your emails, but you're spending triple the amount of time on your social strategy for far less tangible results, then it might be time to pivot and hone in on your email marketing strategy since your numbers show that's a more valuable place for you to serve your audience anyway. So to reiterate point number one, find your needle movers and prioritize your efforts on them to maximize your results and to eliminate overwhelm. Number two, next I want for you to set boundaries on how often you check social media and your email. Okay, truth time. My team totally makes fun of me because I am that person who can have literally a hundred tabs open at any given time. When we're having any funky problems with hopping on a Zoom for a team call, the immediate response is, Jenna, can you close down some of your tabs? So it goes without saying that I'm not exactly the queen of limiting my distractions. However, when I need to focus in on one task and eliminate outside noise, you better believe I'm Xing out of everything, including and most importantly, email, Slack, and social media. As for my phone, it literally lives on do not disturb mode. Like I'm the girl with 174 unread text messages, which I am so not proud of, but which also is a testament to the role my phone and devices play in my life. And while I love technology and rely on it for so much, I also have some massive boundaries around it, especially when it comes to working. I don't always want my watch to ding at me every time a notification pops up. My phone, it lives in a cabinet in our home for a good portion of the day, and we also have a strict no devices policy in our bedroom. When our phones are strategically placed in another room or away from us, it makes it so that we're not tempted to pick it up and mindlessly scroll. And this is one of the most underrated and valuable productivity hacks ever, and it's free and doable for literally anyone. You don't realize how many times you unintentionally pick up your phone, even without notifications coming in, until you get it out of arm's reach. In fact, Inc.com says that we tap, swipe, and click on our phone more than 2,600 times per day. We unlock it 150 times a day, and 87% of millennials say their phones never leave their sides. Like, that is terrifying data and so, so true. Like, who else can relate to that? I mean, we're sort of, and by sort of, I mean entirely addicted to these gadgets. And so having them on our desk while trying to get stuff done is basically asking for distraction to come swoop us away from the hard task at hand. And here's the thing, like I don't want my daughter to grab my phone and hand it to me believing that I have to have it in order to do life. And so we've really tried to keep our devices out of sight, out of mind, and used sparingly when it comes to our day-to-day life. 
When you take our addictions and couple that with the notifications that our computers themselves can introduce, like incoming emails, Slack dings, and other messaging platforms, it's easy to keep us from seriously committing to any one task for longer than five minutes. That's why I say when it's really time to focus, exit out of anything that might pull you away or make you think that you need to respond to someone right away. Like shut off notifications, have one tab open and get to work. And if you're someone who has email on their phone, literally delete the app. Like I don't have access to my email on my phone. I think it's so important as a way to really just separate work and life. Or maybe you're someone that has that email tab open all hours of the day. I think it's seriously time to set expectations and boundaries around that inbox. Like let's be honest, most emails and inquiries aren't urgent. The majority of them can wait an hour or two or five until you have the capacity to take them on. And until then, having your email tab open on that internet browser is basically like playing whack-a-mole for your brain. Having your inbox open gives other people control over your day and your priorities. Every time a new email comes in, your brain is getting pulled away from the task at hand and it gets this kick of dopamine when you check it out and eliminate that notification. So even if you don't answer the email right away, it gives you this false sense of productivity to manage your inbox while trying to juggle other projects when really it's just slowing you down everywhere. I highly recommend setting a schedule around your inbox where you check your email once in the morning and once at night. And that's it. Like shut it all down, turn off the notifications and create boundaries that allow you to focus. Now it's going to take some discipline and some absolute self-control, but once you can train yourself to remove simple distractions like your phone and your email notifications, you'll experience the magic of getting into the flow of your work without feeling like you're getting tugged a hundred different ways. And you might just see that you're able to do more in less time when your brain actually has the chance to hone in on one thing at a time. If you need help creating and sending contracts, getting signatures on said contracts, managing project timelines, and more, try HoneyBook. Go to jennacutcher.com slash HoneyBook for a free trial plus 50% off your subscription. HoneyBook is the tool that you need to create a real system for your invoices, contracts, messages, questionnaires, timelines, all the things all in one place. You have end-to-end project tracking, which was integral not just for my sanity, but for when I brought on a team that helped me carry out each client experience. Everything for each client stored in one place was the gift I didn't even know I needed until I couldn't do business without it. Listen, full honesty here, I was one of those people with stacks of papers and file folders scattered all over the place, just kind of saying a little prayer that I didn't forget a fine line detail. Don't be like pre-HoneyBook Jenna. HoneyBook integrates with all kinds of other things like QuickBooks, Calendly, Google Calendar, Gmail, Zapier, and more. Go to jennacutcher.com slash HoneyBook for a free trial plus 50% off of your subscription when you sign up. You don't need to be a coding expert to get a gorgeous, strategically designed website that converts for your business. You just need Tonic Site Shop, the secret behind my website design. Get 20% off at tonicsiteshop.com with the code Gold Digger. Before Tonic, I didn't really know what an asset a great, unique website could be for my business. I didn't know that someone could leave my site feeling like they know me or that it could just take them from a casual observer to a raving fan within just a few minutes. If you're tired of being embarrassed by your website or you know it should be better, but you don't actually have the money to make it better, you've got to go check out Jen and Jeff from Tonic. They've created a collection of customizable websites that are super stunning and wicked easy to update. 
If you know your website isn't as good as it should be and you're riding the struggle bus trying to figure out how everyone else seems to have gorgeous websites, I have some advice. Buy a Tonic Site. Save 20% off using the code GOLDDIGGER at tonicsiteshop.com. That's T-O-N-I-C-S-I-T-E-S-H-O-P.com. Number three is to prioritize your creation process first, then consume, communicate, and course correct. Now, I don't think the majority of business owners give this simple day planning technique enough credit or enough weight to start your day with whatever creation needs to be done. Especially if you have a team or people relying on your feedback, it can be so easy to get sucked into a hole of answer this email, respond to that person first thing every single day. Usually by the time I get to work after spending the morning with Drew and Coco, I've got a load of notifications and emails and asks that require my feedback. So creating before consuming doesn't just start when you begin your workday. This is really a way of life. Like whenever I pick up my phone out of habit, first thing in the morning, I get it from our little cabinet. Drew always challenges me and he goes, did you create before you consume? And I truthfully always get mad at him, but it's so true. Like our creations need space and our creativity is impacted by our consumption. And truth be told, nothing happened while you were sleeping, I promise. So if you're feeling frazzled or if you're like stuck in this creative front that your creative endeavors are taking the backseat far too often, I highly, highly recommend pushing yourself to kick off the day with any sort of creation-centered work. If you need to write some social media posts, start with that. If you need to create a new freebie or lead magnet or newsletter for the week, begin there. If you want to build out a suite of new graphics for Pinterest or templates for a shop, start with that task first. Why? Because when we start the day by pouring our energy into responding to others' needs, we're set up to run on response mode rather than proactive mode, which can be the quickest way to drain our energy and make those creative tasks 10 times harder to accomplish later in the day. Get this. According to Psychology Today, we get the majority of our best work accomplished between the hours of 9 and 11 a.m. Now, even if you're not a so-called morning person, it has more to do with our body clock, alertness after sleeping through the night, and hormone levels. So if you can prioritize what requires the majority of your energy and creativity around these hours every day, which are generally the more creative tasks or building something from scratch, imagine how much more you could get done. Lay out the boundaries with your family, your team, and colleagues to tell them between X and Y hours, maybe it's 9 to 11 or 8 to 10 or 7 to 9. Just pick a chunk of time first thing in your day that's dedicated towards creation and let people know you'll get back to them and their questions and needs as soon as that time block is done. People respect boundaries. And I know this year it is harder than ever to set boundaries, especially when you're wearing so many hats, but try to find a way to make the morning your most creative time. What shouldn't fall within that creation window? Reading the news, scrolling Instagram and Twitter, answering emails, responding to inquiries. These are all secondary tasks or just time fillers that don't really move anything forward at all. And I'm not saying there's not a time for them, but just don't waste your most productive and precious and creative time of the day on those things. Focus first on your creative projects, the ones that require the freshest mind and the most attention. And spoiler, these things are probably your biggest needle movers too. And so when you can figure out your best flow state and learn how to honor that the best way you possibly can within your lives, you will get more done in less time. Next up, set up a space conducive to your work. Now, 
disclaimer, I worked from the couch or from my bed for a long time, like years, and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. I know it's so cozy and warm, especially if you work from home. Those spaces might be quieter or more peaceful, but fluffy pillows and your king size duvet just aren't conducive to productivity or a healthy posture. Think at first it was like the thrill of the fact that I could make money from my bed doing what I loved, but in reality, I was not doing myself or my productivity any favors. It was only in the last few months that I even started thinking about posture because my body out of seemingly nowhere just began to ache and no amount of stretching or foam rolling or movement could help it. And finally, I started thinking about how much time I spend bent over looking at my laptop or my phone, staring at screens for hours on end, shoulders hunched over whatever I'm working on, my eyes squinting at screens. And I realized that the way I was working maybe felt good for the moment, but later on it wreaked havoc on my body. And maybe I should just say, welcome to your 30s. It only gets better, they say. But since I usually need some sort of scientific research to convince me to uncozy myself and make a change, improving your posture can actually boost your productivity too. A study in the European Journal of Social Psychology stated that sitting up straight and sticking your chest out can increase your productivity and creativity, and I sure as heck know that sitting in that manner helps me to have enough breath to even be able to record these solo shows. So just take a minute right now, sit up straight, stick your chest out. I know it feels silly, but we want to say bye-bye to couch slouching and bedridden work sessions and say hello to a new office chair from Amazon. For real, not a plug. I bought one. So while 2020 shifted when and where and how many of us work, it's so important that we don't just treat this as temporary, but that we create a space that is conducive to productive working. Now, that doesn't mean you need a formal office to get work done. I get that times are super weird right now. And whether you've always worked from home or 2020 brought on the work from home lifestyle, or even if you work in an office, you don't need a proper desk, a lumbar support friendly office chair and $200 blue light blocking glasses to get your best work done. Although those blue light glasses can be the real MVP for those long working hours, but I totally recommend the $15 pairs from Amazon personally. But here's what you do need for a successful work setup. A flat surface for your computer that's not your lap or a pillow. And yes, your kitchen counter or dining room table will do just fine. A comfortable chair that allows you to sit upright comfortably with your feet planted firmly on the ground. And a handful of your favorite helpful items at your disposal, like chapstick, a water bottle, headphones, planner, a pen and a pencil. Like, that's it. But I promise, if you set up every day in a setting like this, rather than just plopping your computer next to your body pillow in bed, you'll find you have way more energy and gumption to get stuff done, and your body and your brain will feel so much better doing it. Number five, finally, set a timer, execute your tasks, and then move on. Have you ever gotten to 4.30 p.m. on a workday and felt like you've been working all day and yet somehow you haven't really managed to get much done? Like you have nothing to report when somebody asks you, how was your day? What'd you do? And I've been there. I've been there way too many times. It is the worst kind of feeling or it might just be the Enneagram 3 in me speaking. But not every day is going to be a knockout productivity day. And I think that this year has been a great and much needed teacher with that. Like it's okay to give yourself grace for the less productive days. And in fact, A less judgmental approach will allow you to jump back in with both feet the next day rather than just feeling sleepy and grumpy and guilty that you didn't get it all done the day before. 
Now, if you're needing a quick kick in the butt to actually move a few things forward, there is nothing like setting a timer and fitting as much of one task into that time window. Whether it's cleaning the house or knocking out your inbox or writing that blog post, there is something special about a timer that motivates us and helps us focus on one thing, eliminating that deep desire for us to multitask. True story. I hope my mom's listening to this. She used to set an hourglass timer on the kitchen table and we would frantically run around the house to clean it. And she would literally tell us, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And we'd run around and clean the house so fast. And I honestly don't even remember what she did after the timer ran out. She probably had us like pray and said some message that like Jesus is always with us, but at least our house is clean in case he knocked on the door or something. But truth be told, this timer trick doesn't just work on kids cleaning the house. It always works wonders on those tasks and things we seem to always put off. Those ones that we dread and the ones that haunt us on our to-do list. Like, I know I can't be the only one, but there will be these tasks that I just refuse to do that I dread doing. Then once I do them, I'm like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Like for me, it's the inbox, the outlining of all of our content the extensive copy reviews that get me, like 43-page doc reviews. And those projects take a lot of my attention and energy on a regular basis. And so naturally, they are the first things I tend to procrastinate on. But when I tell myself I have one hour to review as much as I can, so let's say it's reviewing four blog posts or outlining the next five solo shows, it's almost magical how much I manage to squeeze in when I have this timer pushing me to stay on task and focus. And let me also tell you, a baby becomes a time. Like when Coco was tiny and she would take these little naps, I was so shocked at how much I could get done in 30, 60, 90 minutes. Like I could get more done in that amount of time than I did in an entire eight hour day before I had her. And so use whatever type of timer you need, whether it's a child or an hourglass. But just like my mom created Beat the Timer, you can do it with literally anything cleaning, organizing, setting up appointments, and so on. But most people in the online business world call it time blocking. So whatever you want to call it, it's a miracle worker for those things that always get bumped to the bottom of your to-do list. You know what I'm talking about. So my friends, how are we feeling? Whether you have a lot to wrap up this year and feel the weight of too much being on your plate, or you just want to start a new year with a fresh approach to kicking butt, taking names, and checking off your to-do list, I hope that you can feel a little more capable of working in your flow zone and focusing on what should be top of your priorities. There's literally no one-size-fits-all approach to time management, and something that works one week might very well be counterproductive for you the next week. That's why I'm a huge fan of leaning into your intuition, listening to what your mind and body needs, and looking at the logical needle movers and prioritizing from there. There is no such thing as perfect productivity 24-7, and you will have off days or distractions come in to swoop you away, but as long as you have some helpful methods to fall back on, you'll be able to get into a rhythm that not only keeps you moving forward, but that feels good too, and that's just as important when it comes to the work that we do. Gold Diggers, it has been quite a year, but what an honor to be a part of your journey. I am so, so thankful our paths have crossed in this way, and I cannot wait to see what the next year will bring for us. Until next time, Gold Diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals and put your head down, set that timer, and get to work. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. 
And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. 